morning, church. If everyone will find their seats. Thank you so much, Pastor David. No. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Good morning. As you noticed, as soon as you walked in the atrium, it is Say Yes Sunday. Our second week, we're expanding it to give you an opportunity to find out all about the different ministries that happen within Anastasia and give you an opportunity to serve. So there's, we hope you will take time to visit those tables and discover a place that God has picked out just for you. So welcome. If you are new here, we would love to connect with you. If you would text the number 904-441-6900, text the word connect to that number. It will send you a link to our digital connect card. You can submit your prayer request. We'd love to keep up with you that way. Or you can also access our digital bulletin by typing the word news, texting the word news to that same number. Again, we're so grateful you're here. A couple of quick announcements to highlight for you. Today, this afternoon at 1 p.m. is Beach Baptism at 10th Street. We're going to be combining with our Anastasia 16 campus for an incredible time. So we hope that you all will be able to make that. Please also mark your calendars for August 14th. It's Promotion Sunday for all of our preschool, elementary, and middle school students. If your child is currently in kindergarten, moving up to first grade, they're going to be on the third floor now. If you have a brand new sixth grader going into middle school, they're going to be in the student center now. So all of those changes will take place on August 14th. And finally, we would just like to say... Thank you so much for being a part of the continuing Four Generations to Come efforts. We had our special called business meeting this past Wednesday, and the overwhelming majority voted to continue in progress as we seek what God has for us, and we're going to be continuing with the building projects, and we're so grateful for your faithfulness and your unity as a body of believers. We'd like to have you turn your hearts turn your attention to Pastor David as we continue in worship this morning. Thank you. So it was during the Last Supper, that last time that Jesus met with all of his disciples before he was to be crucified, and he spoke his final words to them. And part of that conversation is recorded in John chapter 15. In verses 12 through 15, Jesus said, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So Jesus calls us friends. Not merely servants, not merely low, uh, low, low down folk. Although, as I look out across the crowd, I see some <clears throat> some low down folk. I'm not looking at anybody in particular, but uh, not just merely a servant, but a friend. Let's stand together. Let's sing of this friend that we found in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roam. He's the lily thousand to my soul. He all my grief has taken and all my sorrows borne. In temptation he's my strong and mighty time. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn from my heart and now he keeps me by his Take me and Satan. 
of that hymn, Charles William Fry was converted at age 17. He was the son of a bricklayer and followed in his father's trade and eventually became a builder in Salisbury, England, along with his three sons, Ernest, Bertram, and Fred William. But he and his boys were not just builders. They were highly musical, and they formed a brass band known as the Fry Family Band. And in 1880, this family moved to London in order to work with William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, and they thus became one of those first Salvation Army brass bands. Well, the hymn that Fry wrote, The Lily of the Valley, demonstrates both his close relationship with his Lord and his very intimate acquaintance with his Bible. You see, throughout those three stanzas that we just sang, there are many words and phrases to describe Jesus that allude to other biblical passages. So as we read them together in just a moment, let it sink in that this is that very same risen and active Jesus who is here among us this morning as we worship. So the title of the hymn, The Lily of the Valley, for instance, that comes directly from Song of Solomon. Let's read this together. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. There's a recurring phrase, he's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Well, that's also an allusion from that same book, Song of Solomon, that Fry interpreted to speak of Jesus. He wrote, My beloved is radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. Fry wrote that in Jesus he had all I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. Well, the Apostle Paul had written similar words to the church at Corinth centuries earlier. Let's read. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. The second stanza of the hymn begins, He all my grief is taken and all my sorrows borne. And that's reminiscent of Isaiah's description of the coming Messiah. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That second stanza continues in temptation. He's my strong and mighty tower. That's an allusion to one of King David's Psalms. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Fry wrote of Jesus that he will never, never leave me nor yet forsake me here. Well, those were the same words Joshua heard when he took on the mantle of leadership after Moses died. Let's read. It's the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. In the final stanza, Fry said of Jesus that he was a wall of fire about me. I have nothing now to fear. He was referring to a passage from the prophet Zechariah where God said of Jerusalem, I will be to her a wall of fire all around her, declares the Lord, and I will be the glory in her midst. In the hymn we sang, In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. Well, God said to the prophet Jeremiah, I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. And that same prophet called God my strength and my stronghold 
my refuge in the day of trouble. And Peter instructed us to humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Well, one way that Jesus cares for us is through each other, through our brothers and sisters of the faith. And one of the best things that we can do for each other is to pray, to share each other's burdens and joys. So we're going to do that in just a moment. But before we have our time of prayer, let's remind ourselves who it is that we pray to. Would you stand with me? Let's sing. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for His own. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask him, he will deliver. Make up my troubles quickly and end. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Tempted and tried, I need a great Savior, one who can help my burdens to bear. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, He all my cares and sorrows will share. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Oh, how the world to evil allures me. Oh, how my heart is tempted to sin. I must tell Jesus, and he will help me over the world of victory to win. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Please be seated. So let's go to God now. We're going to go into a time of congregational prayers where each of us in the privacy and the silence of our own hearts, we can speak to God. 
And I'm going to give you a prayer prompt and then uh, bring it all together at the end. But let's begin, each of us, as we close our eyes, we bow our heads, begin by praising God. By that I mean, tell him how highly you think of him. Tell God the value that you place on God. And now ask the Holy Spirit who lives inside of Christians to remind you of any unconfessed sin and acknowledge that sin and ask for forgiveness. Now you can thank him. Thank him for who he is and for what he does. And finally, let's bring our petitions to God. So is there a need that you or someone you know has? Is there an illness in your family or among your friends? Are you aware of some other situation that requires God's intervention? Bring your supplications to the Lord in full faith that God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for this awesome privilege of prayer that we can come to you, we can speak with you, we can hear from you, we can bring our petitions, supplications, and know that you will answer them in the way that will bring the greatest glory to you and the greatest good to us. And we're thankful for that. And all God's people said, Amen. An anonymous psalmist wrote, My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, because you have redeemed me. Let's join our voices with that of that psalm writer in singing for joy over our redemption. Let's stand as we sing. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by mercy is child and forever I am redeemed 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 by the blood of the lamb redeemed how I love to proclaim it his child and forever I am Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. His child and forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of Him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, His child and forever I am. Amen. How precious is our redemption. Welcome you all here this morning.
I'd just like to say that we did close our loan on Friday, so we are now officially in debt. We would like to just thank you all for your faithfulness. You guys are amazing. Um, We will move forward. We will have a building built. It will just not be about a building, but it will be about the unity of the congregation and protecting our children, and that's the most important things we can have. Let us pray. Father God, we just rejoice, Father, in our redemption, Father. We just rejoice in the life that you have given us, Father. Father, you are the creator of heaven and earth, and you have seen fit to redeem each and every one of us. Father, we thank you for this congregation that has been so faithful, Father. We we thank you for the staff and the volunteers that make everything happen day to day, Father. We thank you for all those who come this weekend to, to worship, Father. Father, we just ask that as we come to this time of offering that that we you would lead guide us and direct us in how we use this offering father that you would bless those who give father and that you would bless those who receive we pray this all in the mighty name of jesus let's pray for open ears and eyes speak to my heart lord jesus speak that my soul may hear. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Come every doubt and fear. Speak to my heart, oh speak to my God is on the move in other ways in the church. We have a beach baptism today. We have about 14 people going to be baptized at the beach. If you have not come to experience that and witness 
uh, I encourage you to come out to our beach baptism at uh, 10th Street, and we gather together and just uh, rejoice with those who have made that profession of faith in Christ Jesus and are making public that profession of faith. So I encourage you to be there. Or if you have not taken that next step of faith, uh, maybe today would be the day that you do that. You'd want to talk to one of the counselors uh, this, this afternoon and make that decision of faith. It's Say Yes Weekend. Uh, this is our second week doing it, uh, and so we've had over 100 people sign up to say yes to serving in ministries in the church. That's incredible. Uh, I know that more have signed up this morning and, and pray that uh, this morning would be an opportunity that maybe the Lord is leading you to get involved here at Anastasia and be a part of the work that God is doing. So I pray that you would say yes uh, to him and his leading this morning. But as we talk about saying yes to the Lord, and really as we look at Say Yes Weekend, I, I want to focus on uh, how do we give God our best? Now, the title of the sermon, Our Best Yes. How do we give God our best? We know that God is deserving of our very best. When we know who God is, his sovereignty, his lordship, I mean, we should, in response to that, willingly give our lives to him. But also, as we consider the work of the cross and what Jesus did on the cross, we should long, we should love to serve him. Scripture, Paul often talks about in Scripture that uh, our, our giving of our lives to him is just our reasonable act of worship and considering all that he has done for us. And, and so I, I want to ask the question, how, if God is deserving, how can we give him our best yes? Because not only do I believe that Jesus and our, our Father in heaven are deserving of our best yes, of us giving all of ourselves to him, I believe that the richest fullest life that we can have is in service to our Lord and Savior Jesus. The most meaningful life, the most purposeful life is the one where we surrender under Jesus's lordship over our life and we live in relationship with him. I was, you know, thinking about uh, this, this idea of how, you know, how can we give God our best yes? And I was thinking about a conversation I had the other day, and I had to have some service work done on my house. It was a warranty thing. It was something that broke that was under warranty. So I called the warranty company, and I said, hey, you know, I'm having this issue at my house. I need you to, could you please send over a technician to fix it? And, and then the lady on the phone said, well, yes, let me, let me check our calendar and see what our next availability is. And so she's looking on the calendar, and a little time goes by. She says, well, I have Monday, three weeks from today, uh, available from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Can you be available for that? And I said, is that, like, the best time you could give? And she says, yes, sir, that's the, that's the best time I have, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on a Monday. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll be here. So I took a day off of work, and I'm waiting around, you know, 9 a.m., nobody's there. 10 a.m., nobody's there. Noon, still nobody's there. I'm starting to get a little frustrated. I've taken a day off work. And, you know, 2 p.m., I'm, like, getting kind of frustrated, real frustrated at this point. Nobody showed up. And then at 5 o'clock, no one came. Oh, man. So I call back, and I said, hey, you know, you guys were supposed to send a technician out here. I need this issue fixed and resolved at my house. Nobody came. I took a whole day off work. You know, can we, can we resolve this? Can you send somebody out to fix it? They said, yes, sir. I'm, I'm sorry about the inconvenience. Let me check our schedule. <laughs> well, I have three weeks available from this Monday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Can you be available? And at this point, I'm feeling like I'm kind of getting the runaround. And I said, you know, is this the best that you can do? I said, yes, sir. I've got 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. available on Monday. Can you do it? And so I said, sure. I, I mean, I need to get it fixed. And so they finally came. But, you know, as I was thinking about that conversation, I wonder when we give our availability to God. And oftentimes, if you're like me, sometimes the availability I give God is my leftovers. And I don't give him my best and my priority. I wonder if God sometimes asks of us and thinks of us, is that your best that you're giving me? Because he is deserving. He is worthy of our best. And so I, I want us to look at the, the question of how can we give God our best? And I think Jesus lays it out there for us. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 9 and going through a passage in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 27. But to set the stage a little bit, two conversations happen before this one that Jesus is having with his disciples. The first one, Jesus asks his disciples this very, very important faith question. He asks them, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked this to his disciples. This is an important faith moment for them, right? He is setting the standard that if you are going to follow me, if you're going to put faith in me, then you need to believe in who I am. You need to believe I, I am the son of God, right? I'm, I'm the Christ, 
And Peter, right, right away, right, chimes in, Jesus, you are the Lord, right? You're the Messiah. You're the coming one. He answers correctly. And so we see this important part of that faith conversation. And then the second one, Jesus tells his disciples right after this that there's going to come a time where he is going to die. And that after his death on the third day, he is going to be raised to life again. And so we see this kind of setting the conversation. There's this important, pivotal conversation about faith and trusting the Lord Jesus, about understanding who he is, believing in him as the Messiah, understanding that his death and his resurrection were coming. But then Jesus kind of ends this conversation with what it means to follow after him. And that's where we pick up in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there with me, Luke 9, 23. And let's stand in the honor of the reading of God's word. And he said to them, this is verse 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I, I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. See, I believe Jesus lays out for us an understanding of what it means to truly follow after him. But I think he also, in this statement, talks about how we can give him our best yes. But he teaches us that the richest, the most purposeful, the most meaningful life that we can have on this earth is the one where we are living in relationship and surrender to the Lord Jesus. And so he's laying these things out on how we can give him our very, very best. And I, I think as he talks about, there's a few things that you can write down. Giving God our best requires us to first say yes to saying no. I know that's uh, kind of going against one another, but uh, as you go back to the passage of scripture, he says this, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me, right? If anybody would come after me, he first must deny himself. Another translation had, translated like this. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up on your own way. <laughs> In other words, you got to say no to your own agenda, your own plan sometimes to say yes to Jesus. I love that John Maxwell, he, he has a quote. He says, we need to learn to say no to the good so we can say yes to the great. We need to learn to say no to the good so we can say yes to the great. This is what Jesus is telling us, right? If you want to live a rich and full life and you're going to say yes to following me, it means that you're going to have to say no to some other things. You're going to have to say some no to sometimes our own agenda and the things that maybe we desire that we think are the best. We're going to have to say no to pursuing the things of this world. But here's what I know, that the richest, fullest life is found when we say yes to Jesus. You know, I struggle with saying the word No. <laughs> I like to be a yes guy, right? If somebody has an issue or something they need, I like to be the one to say yes. I'd be happy to help you. I'd like to be happy to serve or, or do whatever I can, right? If you have something you need to get done, you'll probably come see me and I, I would love to say yes. But the problem with that is what I've learned is that when I overextend myself by giving out so many yeses, then I cannot give the best to those around me. I can't give the best to my family. I can't give the best to my friends. I can't give the best to my job here at the church. I can't give my best, most importantly, to God. And so I have to limit myself in understanding that my first, foremost priority is saying yes to Jesus. And that means that I'm going to have to say some no to some other things. That's a hard truth. It's a hard thing to understand. But I believe that God calls us to give him our best. And we need to put our priority on giving him our yes. And, and sometimes you say, well, Sam, how do I give God my best? I think you can start with a question like this. What do I need to say no to right now to give God my very best? Because I think there are a lot of things that are competing in our life right now that are wanting us to say our yes. And if we're not careful, what we will risk is not giving Jesus our all. And so be careful, be mindful of those things that are uh, pulling at you. 
Because I believe a lot of those things, maybe they will give you a good life. You know, you can say yes to the things of this world, to being successful, to have many, you know, many things, the things of this world. And it's a good life, right? We can have a good life. But can I tell you, there's a great life when you follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's a great life when you know that your identity is secure as being a child of God. There's a great life you can have by surrendering over to his purpose and his call in your life and helping those in need and sharing the truth of the gospel. There's a great life to be had. Don't settle for good. Settle for great in pursuing Jesus. John 10.10 said this, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You know, some would say that that life abundantly doesn't start until we enter in eternity in heaven with Jesus. I would say that life abundantly starts right now here on this earth. And it starts when we live in relationship with the Lord and we surrender everything over to him and say, Lord, use me as you would see fit. That's when the abundant life starts right here, right now. The fullest life we can live is the one not for ourselves, but serving the Lord. Second thing you can write down this morning, you're ready, right? Giving God our best means being comfortable with being uncomfortable. (laughs) That's real popular, right? Being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, right, he would take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, as Jesus is is talking about this, he's not necessarily talking about a literal cross, although for some followers of Christ, it was a literal cross as they were crucified. But what Jesus is referring to is the metaphorical of what he has called us to do in this life. The ministry, the work, the calling that he has put in our life. Sometimes when we serve the Lord, it means that we got to get a little uncomfortable. Some of you uh, this morning may sign up this morning to say yes to serving in children's ministry. Can I tell you, it's so rewarding. It's so rich. It's so meaningful. But sometimes kids, kids can be a little uncomfortable, right? Yeah, they, they can wear you out. They can make you tired. Some of you may volunteer to be a part of our administrative team and, and do some uh, projects around the church and using your hands. And to do those things, you might have to, to do a little manual labor and it may be uncomfortable. But can I tell you, it's worth it when we are doing the will of what God has called us to do. One of my favorite memories of this church is, is shortly after Hurricane Matthew. After Hurricane Matthew, many of you remember, right, our, our community was hit uh, pretty hard. There were a lot, of, a lot of people who had flooding in their homes. A lot of people who were without power had debris in their homes. And uh, just 72 hours after Hurricane Matthew hit, I, I, I loved seeing our church come together to go serve the community. I mean, it was just in this short amount of time. We had groups of people going out to help people whose homes were flooded and taking uh, things out of their home and making repairs. We had people going out where there was yard debris and they were cleaning it up. And there were people going out to check on those who were our our widows and shut-ins, caring for them, serving meals. And can I tell you the work that many of those people did after Hurricane Matthew? It wasn't comfortable work. It was hot it was messy. It was stinky. But you know what I love seeing is I, I would see these crews come back at the end of the day. We were going and been serving and working all day, and they would be covered in mud and just dirty and smelly. But none of them were upset about it. In fact, many of them were smiling because they got the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of those people that lived around them. And because they knew that God had called them to love on their neighbors. And it's the same truth that Jesus is trying to tell us here. If we want to make a difference in our community, if we want to serve the Lord, we've got to embrace the fact that sometimes we're going to be uncomfortable. But to know that we are doing and being faithful to what the Lord has called us should bring great joy and happiness and fulfillment in our lives. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I I love that the Apostle Paul, he understood this very well. Philippians 3.8, he said this, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him 
in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. See, Paul understood this when he began stepping out in faith to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you wherever you call me, whatever you call me to do. Even if it means that I got to be uncomfortable for your sake, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to trust you. And Paul learned very quickly that when he stepped out in faith, he didn't have to rely on his own strength. Because what he found is that Christ's strength is made perfect in his weakness. And so when he stepped out in faith to be uncomfortable for the Lord's sake, he found comfort from the Lord Jesus who was near to him. We need to be reminded that as we step out in obedience to what the Lord is is asking us to do, and we give him our yes, our best yes, the Lord is not going to leave us hanging. He's going to be there faithful, and he's going to be there right beside us, helping us along the way. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Third thing that you can write down this morning is if we're going to give God our best, it means freeing our calendar to fill it. Freeing our calendar to fill it. I love that the, the Lord Jesus uses the word daily, right? If we're going to pick up our cross and come after him, it means that daily follow him. You know, we talked about this idea that when we say yes to Christ, it means that we're going to have to say no to some things like our own agenda, our own plans sometimes. And, and then, but he's saying more specifically and more practically, Jesus is telling us that daily we should center our lives around following him. And, and I would say that in a practical way, God desires us to rewrite our days our weeks, our months, our years, our calendars, to put him first. Because if we don't, one day our lives are going to pass us by and we're going to reflect on our lives and we're going to see that the days, the weeks, the months, the years, we spent those chasing the things of the world and not the things of eternal value in Christ Jesus. Daily, we must follow after him. That's the calling that he gives us. And you know why I, I think that God put this reminder in there? Because we are a people, we like to wonder. <laughs> we like to get distracted, right? If you're anything like me, I can get distracted easily. And I can fill my calendar with things that if I'm not careful, in the grand scheme of things, don't matter very much eternally. And, and you know, one of the ways I think that Satan is trying to attack this generation the way that he's trying to attack families is in busyness. If he can get in our calendars and he can fill them up and so that we're so busy that we can lose sight of the things that are most important and that we miss the opportunities to serve him, then I think Satan feels like he has gotten the victory in it. It's hard. It's hard balancing work and family and school and extracurricular activities and sports and all these things that go in for the family. If we're not careful, we can find ourselves so distracted and so busy that we forget to focus on that which matters, and that is living in relationship with the Lord Jesus. It's so easy to get our calendar so full, and then when we say, hey, God, I'm available, I'm ready to be used for you, let me see where I can squeeze you in. (laughs) I've got some time three weeks from today, next Monday, between 9 a.m. and 5 a.m., right? Does that work okay? That's not how God desires. That's not giving God our best. Our best is saying, God, here's my calendar. You fill it however you want to fill it, Lord. And I'll put all the other stuff around it because you are priority and most important. We need to put our emphasis on him. I love what Ephesians 5, 15 says. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Anybody in here know that the days are evil sometimes? They can get away from you. Some translations of that that passage say you got to do whatever you can to redeem the time. It uses the word redeem the time that has been given to you. This idea that if we're not careful, what we're doing is we're just wasting time. We have to be intentional about redeeming the time that God has given us. What it means to redeem our time is it means that we are intentional daily of picking up our cross and following Jesus. Going up and waking up each day, Lord... I will pray that you would use me in any way that you see fit. That's redeeming the time. For some people, unfortunately, I think as they get later in life and they begin to reflect on life, they realize just how evil the days were. 
and how many days and weeks and years that they spent chasing the things of this world and not chasing after the Lord Jesus. Make sure that's not you. Redeem the time that the Lord has given to you and follow him and trust him and do whatever you can to serve him. Jesus said in that same passage in Luke chapter 9, right, that we just read, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? What truth is that? What an incredible truth that we can pursue the things of this world and we can gain all the things of the world, but if we're not careful, we can forfeit our soul. Make sure you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you've surrendered your life under, unto him and made that commitment to follow after him all the days of your life. The greatest decision that we can make in our life. Giving God our best requires us to be available for him to use. Free your schedule, clear your calendar, and pray that the Lord would use your days for his glory and for his honor. Fourth thing that you can write down this morning, last thing, for giving God our best, it means letting go to take hold. Letting go to take hold. Jesus says the statement many have pondered over and many have reflected on, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. It's kind of this paradoxical comment that Jesus makes there. And uh, maybe that's kind of difficult to understand. Another, another translation said, if you're trying to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And the idea here is all about surrender. It's about surrendering under Jesus. Jesus is saying is when we try to take control of our life and we try to hold it tightly in our agenda and the things that we want and when we desire that what happens is, in fact, trying to save our own life, our own worldly ambitions, we can lose our life. But when we actually let it go and we surrender it over to him, that we actually find life in him. And I, I, I like to think about it like this. You know, God has created us masterfully. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know if you ever take time just to think about how God has created you and made you. And know that he has fearfully and wonderfully made you. I, I think about just our hands, right? God has given us these hands. We can create. We can make things. We can help other people. I mean, the, the sky is the limit, right? What we can do with our hands because we have fingers and thumbs and we can grasp things. We can pick up things. We can build things. I mean, God has fearfully and wonderfully made us. Now, I know this is a silly illustration, but just follow along with me. Imagine if you went through your whole life and you had something that you thought was really valuable. Because it was so valuable, you just held it in your hands and you squeezed your hands tightly like this. Imagine, imagine if you went through your whole life and you never opened your hands, you closed it tight, you didn't want to lose what you thought was valuable. Imagine how hard life would be. <laughs> you could hold on to that thing which you thought was most valuable, but you imagine trying to put on uh, your clothes on, you imagine trying to tie your shoes. But ladies, you imagine trying to make, put on your makeup with both your hands clenched like this all the time. Imagine trying to open the door, the simple things in life, the, the many blessings that you get. It would be difficult. It would be hard. All because you're trying to hold on to that which you think is valuable. But in reality, you miss out on many of life's blessings and opportunity in which God has given you. I know that seems just ridiculous. But that's how many of us live our lives. We live our lives with our hands clenched so tightly over our plans and our desires and our will. That in turn, because we hold on to life so tightly, we miss out on the blessings of God. But something amazing happens when we let go and we open up and say, God, it's not my agenda. It's not my plans. It's yours. I surrender it. What happens is by actually letting go of our plans, what we find is a much greater, much richer, much more purposeful life in Christ Jesus in serving my prayer for us this morning is some of you in that situation that I have been in so many years of my life, trying to hold on to everything that I think is important and everything that I think is valuable in this world. Instead, I had to learn to open up my hands and say, Lord, it's all yours. I surrender everything unto you. And what I found is when I did that, there's richer life to be found. Maybe this morning God is calling you to surrender your plans. And maybe, maybe that means serving in our children's ministry. Maybe that means being a greeter at one of our doors. Maybe that means helping out in our missions ministry. 
Maybe God's calling you to step up and to serve in one of our ministries and being a part of what he's doing here. I pray that you're, this morning you'd give God your best, yes. Maybe this morning it's, it's to, to follow after him, to say yes to following him, and maybe for the first time putting your faith and trust in him this morning. Maybe that's you. I pray that you'd give him your yes. So this morning as we have a time of invitation, I invite you to surrender under to him and say, God, use me however you would desire. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much, God, and we want to give you all glory and all honor, Lord. And so we pray, Father, that this morning would be an opportunity for us to surrender under to you. God, you are so deserving. You are so worthy. And God, we realize that the fullest life we can live, the best version of our life, is the one we are living daily for you. God, tug on our hearts, challenge us, encourage us, God, to give you our yes. And so I pray for each person here this morning, however you're leading, however you're calling, that they would respond to you in a yes this morning, Lord. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's stand, let's worship. And if God's leading, I'm here this morning. You give God your yes this morning. from God's word. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So go out now to be available to God for his purposes. And all God's people who pledged to do so said, Amen.